0: The RC podcast is brought to you by Cook Lens, makers of the 5i, S4 and Pancro's, all handcrafted to give you the famous Cook look, but with the latest innovations and technology such as lens eye data. For more information, go to cookoptics.com. You're listening to The RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking and cutting edge imaging.
1: Hi, and welcome to this week's Red Centre, number 92, approaching the 100 mark with my good friend, Jason Wingrove. How are you, sir? I'm excellent.
2: Thank you, Mike. How are you?
1: Now, Jason, you wanted to mark the start of this show in remembrance for a, a friend fallen, a, a, a terrific partner that is no longer with us, it seems. Um, I don't know if we can do a minute silence, but you're more than welcome to, um, to speak momentarily uh, about their passing.
2: All right. Seeing as a minute silence isn't exactly good radio. Um, (laughs) I think yes It's important to note The um, The passing of a good friend Um, Well not the passing The um, I suppose the end of life Of uh, Someone who's been with me For a long time I guess Um, Yes Final Cut Pro uh, I think in my mind Has ceased to be Uh, I've been using it Probably daily Since version 1.2 Or something Which is actually Last century um, it actually is uh, well,
1: It was uh, <laughs> Yes Well look Look. We'll discuss this more Coming up in the show yeah. We're obviously going to be discussing Final Cut Pro And, and Jason's uh, in mourning He has a black armband <laughs> Sitting here as we speak He's uh, For a director He's astonishingly upset Over the passing of uh, uh, FCP 7 To uh, FCP X um, And Uh, We'll be discussing more stuff, news, um, stuff that's happening around the traps uh, all this week on the show. So let's start with the news, and obviously the biggest news is probably uh, Final Cut for many people. Um, We're going to discuss that uh, right after the news, so let's just flag the fact that it happened, and Jason will come back to it to discuss its implications, uh, some of the aspects about it, and also just um, we've done quite a lot of research on, uh, maybe we can clear the air on a couple of things that are floating around regarding it. Um, So let's do... Jump to the news desk, and uh, and but as I say, we'll come back to FCP in a sec. And now the RC news. Pretty minimal news. Pretty
2: slow news week or two um the which obviously Mike you're across is that uh, there's been a update to the and quite a significant update to Epic M firmware which obviously not a lot of people have had to share but uh, those that have um, got Epic Ms and as I say the list has is, is been growing have have had to deal with um some you know issues of course which we all all, all knew would 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 be the case um we've got uh, build 1.6 uh, point12 which uh, has been a reasonably uh, significant fix, Mike.
1: Yeah, actually, interestingly, just before we go on, there's actually been a firmware update to uh, the Red One as well. So we have Red One Build 31, uh, as we do, um, of course, also have the uh, <coughs> yeah. Epic update. And the Epic update gives us uh, 300 frames uh, a second, probably the biggest single factor. That And there's a bit of confusion over it and um, what's happening with the firmware on your... Uh, Remote? Redmote. Red mm. um, and alarmingly, I don't know if I've been... I've been... I don't know. What do you call it? Um, Effusive? Uh, punked? Oh, no, pumped, I see. But I have an alarming email that uh, that there's some real problems with the the earlier Alphrey thing of this release. Right. Um, so I'm trying to get sort of uh, confirmation on that. But uh, I got this email. No one's actually responded to it. I got it. I was like freaked out. And they were like, yeah, we might have to get your... Uh, You're a camera back if you've Ah. done this upgrade, if you're experiencing problems. I was like, what? Are you guys serious? Mm -hmm. Um, But I haven't heard back. So maybe I'm being punked. Maybe they don't really need me to do that. I hope that's the case. But that might be a build that you've had that others may not. Exactly, because I've been on this build for a while now. And um, yes, I got a, uh, you know, if you upgraded to version 1.612 and Redmote 771, um, and it didn't connect properly and stuff, then you may need to send it back to Red for evaluation and updating. And I was like, right. you have got to be kidding me. But I haven't heard anything about that. And that was actually on the 18th of June. So oh, okay. I sent back saying, uh, I literally sent an email back saying, are you serious? And, uh, and I haven't heard back. So I'm not quite convinced that somebody hasn't uh, spammed me on that. But anyway, the, um, for most people, uh, it should be an effortless upgrade and, and one worth doing. Um, but as with all these things, on the off chance that I haven't just been punked, uh, you really don't want to be doing an upgrade like this with an Epic in the middle of production. It is just not worth it. Um, This is something they actually say in the emails quite often, you know, this is not necessarily production-ready, blah, 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 testing, but honestly, I can't Mm. recommend enough. Do please test and do these at a time when you've got time to do stuff. And uh, if possible, you know... Not when it's going out on a job or you're about to shoot yourself.
2: Yeah. So, the red mode upgrade, we've talked about, I think, last episode, what you experienced is a much, much, uh, a greatly changed UI and much better communication, camera, red mode communication.
1: Well, that was true up until it stopped working, right? And right the second as I speak, I can't get my red mode to pair away from the camera. Okay. On the back of the camera, works fine. Right. I kind of don't need it to work fine on the back of the camera. I need it to work fine right. when it's up the top of a crane. Right. But that's Mr. All. Seymour, FedEx is online too. Thank for you. you. Uh, but I will say in other good news that uh, the, there's a bunch of volts and volt chargers that have come in, about 100 or so. Yeah. Um, so we, as you know, have had some volts for a while because we were testing them and we love them to death and we appreciate the opportunity to do that. We only had two of them. We're now going to get the rest of our set taking us up to four, which is a kind of a standard issue. And a the travel charger as opposed to the not travel charger. Yeah, I mean the thing them. about the travel charger. I think you might have seen Ted's one. have Yeah, you? absolutely. Yeah, it's it's like the
2: size, even smaller. You know, the size of a 5D charger. It's you know it's a very small sort of thing. Very much very sort of camcordery, which is terrific. Um, you know, it, as it should be. The camp, you know, the bat- the red volts themselves are really small, so uh, terrific. So yeah, obviously there's hundred or so um, of ep- the first epic. Uh, well, this first hundred or so of the batteries are going to be, and or customers are going to be quite happy. Uh, I'm going to get four four batteries and the charger, which is what your you know what your kit is I destined don't think, to have.
1: Yeah, I don't think the serial number on the bottom of your epic is a straight translation to that first hundred 100Q because I can't no. believe the serial numbers. Uh, definitely not I don't think there were 122 customers before me I think that's because obviously you had some big productions well like Spider-Man and stuff that took a bunch of cameras and mm. um, presumably each of those aren't getting 4 volts each uh, but you know who knows but yeah. yeah as I understand it the serial number is a bit weird but actually in the original Red 1 we had camera number 22 but of course there was a, you know, a good 20 cameras that were named you know London and California or whatever they were um, or, yeah before they actually got into shipping the cameras that were the ones that had numbers on them.
2: Questions without notice, Mike, because I know that you so love them. Uh, Jumping back to the Epic firmware, um, anamorphic support, which we kind of sort of hinted at and talked about earlier, but... um, so can we um, what do we know about this this mode? Is it obviously similar to the the mode on the red one
1: yeah though i haven 't had any anamorphic glass to put on there yeah uh, so i haven 't tested it, but yes, uh, as I understand it and I, I should point out that um that the uh, our red one has also come back, so i haven 't but like yesterday, so i haven 't yet put that new firmware on it either. Uh, but I'm glad to see there is new firmware coming out for the Red One. Um, we've just upgraded ours to have the SSD module on the side of it. Uh, okay. So our our Red One does that. Yep. Um, and I think that's a sensible thing to do, given that the, uh, the actual hard drives are end of life. And quite frankly... When that all went end of life, we were all kind of panicked about it. So most of the mm. people I know have got red ones who have any intention of actually using them other than sort of sticking them on the shelf as a museum piece. Can you get other readers for it now? Obviously, you've got two cameras that have
2: SSDs. I have but two the readers. the readers have been... I have, okay, no, good. I have
1: two readers, uh, but they're both red readers. Um, yeah, sure. It's actually kind of interesting. the, the um, I was reading something uh, today actually not by red about SSDs and the fact that the SSDs are... Um, Actually, quite a quite a beast. They're very much like the original CF cards in that you know you can sort of, if right. you're just buying SSDs that aren't yep. red ones, um, yep. they are quite variable in their sort of responsiveness and their ability to actually deliver. Mm. Um, in that respect, SSDs can slow down as they get sort of fuller. It's right, a common problem with SSDs. So you need to have a really high performance SSD in the first place to maintain both a sustained throughput. And a sustained throughput that survives as the darn thing kind of fills up, um, and so other companies that are putting out stuff right now, um, SSDs are starting to sort of appear in all sorts of places from people like Blackmagic and other people, and yeah. I think they're awesome. But all SSDs are not the same. And one, one thing we've never we talked about, I mean
2: we, we kind of it's kind of known with, and I'm guess it would follow through that with with CF cards and with all that sort of sort of uh, solid state memory, it has a given. Lifespan. There is a given mean time between failures for cut for solid state memory. So you know this is not something that's going to last forever either. Obviously, it's far more robust and far less prone to to issues than than spinning media. But they all, you know, there there is an actual given lifespan of of these things. Even, you know that they only have a certain amount of read write times in their life. We we yet to know anything about what those are but uh eventually eventually these will you know stop working too eventually obviously no i'm sure it's way more way longer than 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 uh rust on a wheel but um you know this is this is something to keep in mind
1: yeah no, totally hey um let's let's i mean I, there is isn't a heck of a lot of news i mean i'm not, not aware of any particularly uh groundbreaking canon news not that we've had much for a while no um nor for that matter nikon <laughs> yeah um but uh, there has been quite a lot of stuff happening with um, uh, other cameras and uh, quite a lot of success with other cameras moving yeah. into things like um, uh, Log C formats and stuff. So that's been really, really good. But I do want to get into Final Cut. So should we sort of get into that? Because I think, I think it's a, a, a lot of interest to a lot of people, especially people in the root community. Yeah. Um, and I know that you've got a bunch of questions about it, and I'm just worried about time. And I want to just uh, be able to see if we can address this sensibly because there has been, let's face it, quite a bit of just... Gnarly hype on the net, and yeah, well,
2: um, I'm, 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 feel like I'm sort of part of it. I don't think I'm necessarily addressing it sensibly. I've uh, always knew this was coming, and I could, you know, gave myself because, you know, uh, FCP is the original fcp it's very long in the tooth it's slow it's mildly it's often unstable and it's behind the times and it's in really in desperate need of an update to you know be 64-bit and to be working more with today's codecs without sort of massive transcoding and 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 just hours of your life ebbing away i've just stared at process bars for, for far too long and it's time to get with the program i keep hearing so much obviously about like premiere where it's sort of you know drag and drop and everything runs beautifully and plays smoothly and you can mix all your formats and mix all your media and it's much more sort of you know a, a product of today so uh, uh, it has been a, definitely a long road and there's been a lot of weight where we've put up with uh, pretty much four years of, of a series of grab for cash kind of upgrades for final cut where you know basically you 've paid three or four hundred bucks for an upgrade, and pretty much very little has has changed some promises of you know background rendering or renderless operation and really unless you 're sort of hooked it up to uh, a, a bank of cray um, supercomputers really there is not much improvement in the speed or stability so and as we've seen in the last three years of this podcast, we've we've seen this explosion in formats and codecs and new ways of working. And FCP's never really kept up, and it's relied a awful lot on third parties and add-ons and stuff to make it this sort of
1: wow. essential tool. Don't you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, look, you know, After Effects is a great platform, as John Montgomery pointed out the other day, for third-party plugins. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. iPhones are a great sure. platform for third-party plugins. I don't think that's a no, I don't think sure. that's a negative. I think it's, it's a positive.
2: No, no, sure, but it's you know that. that that This it's this update has been a chance for, you know, Apple to... You know, it's been a couple of years since the last update, and this has been like... Okay. You know, for a lot of people, um, we've... You know, this is kind of like the last the last chance corral kind of thing. We've been relying on a lot of third parties, and we thought, let's just try and sort of make this all in one. So, you know, the idea is that we now obviously fcp is out and uh, you know there's a a ton of issues which we'll talk about but you know one thing i just can't understand is people are saying we need to give apple time to fix these issues time to add the features that have been theoretically removed and i'm just i'm over that you know they've had enough time they've had at least two years to get this right and to ask all the long-time users um to stomach that We've been given a software uh, with this new piece of life is just it, it, new lease on life is, is ridiculous. So uh, I think it's pretty inexcusable, and uh, I'm over it and moving on. So <laughs> this, is, well, you know, this is the the last straw for a lot of people, and um, I'm going to waste no more time waiting for Apple to get it right. This was their last chance, and I'm you know I'm, I'm I don't think I'm alone in in that really. I'm sort of I'm over it basically, you know. this this clearly signals a complete change of mind away from the high end of the pros and more to, you know, this is more headed towards soccer mum territory, I'm sorry Um, there's, obviously there's much to like about it there's magnetic timelines and the colour matching and all that sort of stuff and audio syncing and uh, and all those ooh ah moments that um, that they hijacked the NAB super meet to show us are all fantastic but you know, if they told the crowd that day that even half of those, half of the issues uh, that we're seeing now and the missing functions uh, that we're seeing w- w- were there, all, all the oohs and ahs, I think would have been um, coming from the Apple guys as they were stabbed
1: by the angry mob. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, you know? well let's
1: let's work through a few points on it. All right, um, then. So I think, firstly, my entire position can be summarised by something that actually uh, one of the guys in Mark in our Chicago office pointed out, which is if they just released this as Final Cut Pro Express X, we'd be happy. If it was, this was Final Cut Pro Express, not Final Cut Pro X, uh, the Express version, and oh, by the way, the Final Cut Pro proper version is coming out in you know six months. Or Final Cut Express X. Yeah, like, that's what I'm the, saying. This they, is the, re- they, the reworking of Express. If they called yeah. this Express yeah. and that the other version's coming, yes. then we'd have had a lot less hassle. Yes. Um, and the second thing is that they, as you say, hijacked the uh, user group meeting in Vegas. So they were showing to a group that is a broadcast community uh, this product. And in fact, the one group that more than any other got rogered on this was broadcasters. So of all the people that they kind of rogered, broadcasters took it pretty bad. Mm. Um And, well, because they're really big on workflow, they're big on um, being able to open up previous things they're big on that's everybody that's on that's, working off servers and yeah that's uh, that's that's every edit not house though no every wants
2: editor to, well no okay that's an awful lot of of pros What have multiple seats okay multiple so, offices so multiple editors and want to share stuff
1: okay okay true I, okay. i'm not disagreeing with you sorry, i'm sorry i'm sorry, saying sorry, well no sorry, i'm just okay. saying okay i'm just trying to give it some perspective so give me some points and let's discuss them one by one and we'll just see I
2: don't use it, but for an awful lot of people, this is absolutely huge. And in, in FCP7, etc., it worked brilliantly. No multi-cam editing.
1: Okay. So, agreed. So, that is just not there. And uh, I've had from two sources now that that is coming probably within six weeks. And yep. it's um, it's like a really high priority. There are there are a class of things from Apple that fall into two or three categories so category number 1 would be and a friend of mine articulated this really well. He said, look, it's either Apple haven't done it yet, but it's coming real soon now. 2, Apple ain't going to do it cuz they think it's legacy and, you know, they don't want to do it. Yeah. And class 3 is that they just think there's a better way of doing it and if you just tried it you might agree, but...
2: Well, sorry, there's a, there is multicam... There's a version of multicam editing in No, no, FCB no, 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 no there isn't.
1: No, no, it's... But why do we have
2: to find it out this way? Why do we have to sort of have this cloak and dagger sort of way of finding yeah, out that well, it's not... That out? it's coming soon, you know? Well, why do we have to there, ask the not, right person? Why do people who... Well, because, why do people have to buy the thing, right? Well, they
1: don't have to buy it. They can just...
2: Well, you got to buy You can't it. trial it. You've got to buy it to find out there's no multicam editing.
1: Well, in, in fairness, most people... Wait more than you know an hour before buying a product when it comes out. Yes. Look, there's no multicam right. editing. Okay. In there. I totally okay. agree. But, but why it's don't bogus. they mean, why aren't they, aren't they out front about it? You know, just, well, like, I don't why think why they just was... don't they pretend it was in there? They just it's not in there. Okay. They never said it was in there.
2: It's not why do they have there. to be? Why do they have to you know say oh it's coming? Just you know just I don't know anyway.
1: Well, I'm just saying that I've got from two sources that it is coming. So there you okay. go. Well, that's But not, I agree. But like, We don't know when
2: that'll be. So no one who uses multicam editing knows when to. You are
1: going to be able to rip me to shreds if you think I'm defending them. I'm just trying to give them a position of where I believe it's at. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're not taking this personally, are you? No, I'm not taking it at all personally. I think you are, though.
2: <laughs> I am taking Jesus. it personally. I think a lot of people. say, I'm very angry with Apple. I think I this is tell. quite ridiculous. I um, you know, can tell. Actually, no, I shouldn't be angry with Apple because I could see it coming a mile away, and I should have jumped ship to something else, and by now would be up and running. Okay. Uh, it's not like my Final Cut Pro Seven started w- stopped working the moment they launched this. But uh, you know, I can still completely keep going and satisfying my clients and doing, you know, being you know as creative as as I like. It's not, you know, this is not the end of the world. It's just, you know.
1: <laughs> no, look, I agree. It's just I the agree. final yeah. realization I, I, of, yeah. I guess, it's, of what was coming. Anyway, it's okay, the, it's the me dot com of editing. But let's next, go. Next, yep.
2: Okay, no EDL, OMF, or XML import or export whatsoever. Okay, so uh, okay, so and don't
1: say automatic duck. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> right, um, okay. So the fact is that uh, it's it, that's true. I'm not saying that it isn't, but okay. uh, there, Next point. <laughs> there, is, there is a general thought that we should move away from EDLs. Uh, okay, we'll
2: provide the alternative then. No, no Where's I, the alternative? Where's the thunderbolt of so you're EDLs? Just, you're
1: just acting like I work for Apple, oh. and I'm just trying to give you a, a point of view. I'm talking to you. Um, anyway, okay, so yes, there is uh, the uh, opinion... That third-party people will fill a lot of those, including okay. And if an they consulted the industry,
2: then perhaps there would be third-party stuff up there now. But since they've done this all uh, under the bunker inside some, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the underground facility at uh, Cupertino, and, and in, uh, w- with no consultation of any professional and whatsoever, that uh, there is no um, EDL, uh, OMF, or XML import or export options whatsoever at this point, and no one's mentioned any. The fact that they're planning to do it.
1: Okay, so the big thing is uh, related to this, in all seriousness, is the relationship to the third party plugin makers. Now, they didn't give a heads up to those, so we know people like Red Giant, we know um, other sort of smaller um, developers who basically, you know, the first they got it was when it was released to everybody else. Yeah. Um, and there is no, as of yesterday, there was no SDK for developing the plugins, which made it hard. Now, there is going to be an XML. Sort of programming API, and that will facilitate people like Automatic Duck, don't throw anything at me, um, doing OMF stuff, but also probably doing an EDL stuff. So that yeah. isn't there. It's astonishing that it isn't there. Yeah. It says that Apple is thinking of this product as a finishing device, not as an offline editor. So the RIP I would put up was more around it being a non linear offline editing device yeah. as opposed to because it obviously as a finishing device you're less concerned about exporting anything else except for audio which is of course a big deal because you know you obviously want to have a separate on professional production separate audio um, setup so totally agree with you it's fucked up but I'm just saying that there is stuff happening in that area whether it'll be adequate or not to you know we need to sort of wait and see. Yeah, but it's... Um,
2: yeah, okay, next. But I want to caveat my entire rant, okay, and the fact yeah. that it is my a personal opinion with the way that I work and the collaborative environment that I work with working with, you know, sending off omfs um, yeah, yeah. to guys who do sound, you know, yeah, sound yeah. designers, absolutely. graders... Uh, avid editors etc it's, it's, you know, it's an open collaborative thing if I'm just sitting in my own room creating my own thing this is probably fantastic but, yeah which you know, is why this is a lot of people... this is
1: why it's, F- it's express okay. this is it's, express. it's my opinion you no, no, your opinion no. your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: I'm just saying it's okay. express no ability. It's not, yeah, okay. Okay. Right. no ability to open up any previous Final Cut projects can you think of a single piece of software in all of time that did not let you do that because I just I'm 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 dry. You tell me. Opening the previous version software. Well, now this or is This is very file. typically
1: Apple, right? Uh, and they will quote someone like Henry Ford, who says, "If I'd asked customers what they wanted, yes. I'd have made them a faster horse." Faster horse, yes. But I will say this: I do think that it's true that Apple is trying to. Um, basically produce an entirely different way of editing and it doesn't conform well to being able to open up old ones and to sure so now do i think that they should have done it this way no i'm Um, sure there'll be a third party again who will be able to create something i think if they had had called this express or even a whole new product name not final cut yes then you you would have gone well this is a really interesting thing and there were there actually are precedences for companies that have had a whole new product line yeah. that's different to the current product line Yeah. and then they've said, look, we're going to support two for a while and then we'll phase the other one out over time Yeah, because the expectation is that no one... I mean, literally, I heard somebody second-hand, third-hand quote somebody inside Apple in a conversation say, well, we didn't expect any pros to use it straight out of the gate anyway because <laughs> we... No, but because they would take time to evaluate it uh, develop yeah. workflows and we which case your excellent gonna...
2: point about the renaming i think is 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 okay. very is, but yes is it is
1: shocking beyond belief that you can't export out to other products yeah i okay. can
2: completely agree that this is a complete new reboot of the thing and as you say yeah call it something new and then people won't expect it to be so okay no red support okay that's
1: coming now red is working so is christmas <laughs> Okay, we're just dealing with some issues here, aren't we, Jace? Yes, um, we are. Okay, so Red's come on, working. I'm just being the, the. No, 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 that's fine. You know, I, on, okay, so for a start, I think that some effect. of the expectations on what they were going to do. I had people actually asking me, "Should I buy a Red Rocket card? Because when Final Cut Pro 10 comes out, I won't need it, right? Because it'll render r3ds in real time." And I'm like, "Whoa." Uh, no, I think we've kind of fanboyed that one to a level beyond the expectations that even Apple yeah. had set. Yeah. I think that they're trying to get um, uh, support in FCP for Red. But here's the thing. We don't have a proxy. Now, hang on. Just but wait. We don't have a proxy workflow from Red right now. Yeah. I mean, let's not, yeah, let's not right. just point this at Apple. Like, there yeah. is no sure. way that I can open up a clip shot on an epic camera epic, right now. You mean, yes. Yeah, that yeah. that unless I use something like uh, you know. Yeah.
2: Apple's word on this is
1: <laughs> use just use the quick times, okay?
2: Which I obviously you can't do with epic, but that's on the bleeding edge anyway at this stage. But the you don't use you know, you don't are you say you can you we can open we can open proxies with with this, you know? Is that the way it works or are they saying export you know,
1: no, they're saying export. Export. Uh, quick time now,
2: time. we're not using, you know, then you're still going to have to work back to the red files. Otherwise, no, there's no point shooting RAW, having a camera that shoots RAW, if you're just going to use the JPEGs out of it, okay? It's just like, it's, it's like them bringing out a new version of Lightroom and saying,
1: sorry, we're not going to support RAW, but hey, your camera can spit out JPEGs. Okay, so I agree okay. with you. I actually think that it's almost more surprising that it doesn't have P2 support. Uh, yes,
2: this is well. Now I've have read that apparently there is sort of P2 support. There's not a workaround. There's just a different way of accessing it. Apparently you can. Uh, now I'm trying to remember the. Uh, I will get back to you about the. Um,
1: no, you import it through the camera command. Instead yeah, through of the, camera through files. That's yeah, right. But, exactly. But is, a is, kind is. of a native P2 workflow that is really simple and easy. Uh, yes,
2: which affects you guys. You guys uh, should, well, I went into the P2 that P2? much more, but P2 no.
1: cards were you know. A good, in fact, the first kind of really major data-based workflow that was just super friendly for FCP and yeah, I think a, a tighter a tighter loop with with the P two cards would have been awesome, um, but yeah, okay, yeah. so.
2: Um, okay. Uh, well, I haven't played with this too much, but the multiple monitor support. So, you know, spanning across okay, so a couple this of is, monitors.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, this is really interesting. So, there's two things to this. Firstly, there's the idea of having a broadcast monitor.
2: Yes. Yeah, so for, um, for a video export to a video preview monitor. or Yeah. Like a yeah, proper, yeah.
1: proper monitor. And, and there's yeah.
2: a, a larger desktop.
1: So, let's just talk about the larger desktop for a second. I've never seen anything look more like it was designed for a laptop than this product. Mm. And this really is just a laptop editor. Yeah. They've designed it. So, this is why it should be called something else or Express. It's it's If you're buying a new laptop, it's got an i7 thing in it and it's got, hence, a new one. I say that because it's got uh, Thunderbolt on it. Then this is just what you want. It's going to work on your laptop really well. It's going to suck data down from the um, Thunderbolt really well. And you'll be able to store all the stuff on that external Thunderbolt drive so that when you want to move it to um, somebody else's computer, you can unplug the drive and plug it in on their machine. Uh, in other words, sneaker net. It's not designed for a tower, which kind of begs the question, what the hell are the towers sort of meant to be used for anyway, right? I mean, what yeah. what apps now work better on towers? Because I know most of the people I know, and I'm talking people in our end of the industry, are using laptops plugged into monitors? In fact, that's what I've got in front of me right now.
2: Yeah, some are. Yeah, absolutely. I know my uh, editor just in the last project. He was uh, running it all, av- you know, Avid through. Um, obviously, it has its breakout box, but uh, yeah, he was basically running the app from onto an external monitor from 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 Avid on his uh, MacBook Pro.
1: So yeah, so you've basically got a PCI. Well, you've got a you've got a Thunderbolt off the side, which. Obviously works brilliantly. Well, I think Alex and the said it works insanely well in his head. Mm. It works, you know, it works incredibly well. <laughs> we expect, but then we thought XPC was going to work incredibly well until it actually was released. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we the great white hope of Apple right now is Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt solves all problems. You can't almost point to any problem right now that someone doesn't say Thunderbolt's the solution to. But that being said, this is... Okay, but FCP is really designed for a laptop with Thunderbolt. Mm. And uh, I just really don't know what the big use of towers are right now. Um, And you might have said compressor because compressor was clearly really well multi-threaded. But as compressor is... (laughs) can't you can't actually run from the new fcp to the old compressor
2: yes you have to download the and new, there's lots of data management the new issues com, new compressor mm.
1: yep. yep then uh then yep. that's not where okay. a lot
2: of the uh import export presets are in the compressor as opposed to in final cut and you send it to compressor in my is that my understanding yeah
1: okay so next
2: yep. Uh, let's see. Um, well, all obviously again, this comes back to not sharing with uh, developers that the it's very iffy or completely unknown, or you have to have very rushed through beta versions of software to what well, we talked about to to do external monitor, as in like um, Kona, Aja, whatever, Black Magic uh, card support.
0: Yeah, because and, and again, because will... again,
2: this is the full, this is purely in the exactly same same category. It's in the yeah. pro in the pro arena hasn't been, you know, it's in back under the, um, the mountain under Cupertino and Black, hasn't Black been Magic
1: yet. and Arja will, I think, in time address this issue.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay uh quite crippled audio ed- editing you know no not be able to really see the waveform and and uh you know again this is where it we're at the heart of Can you the, not see the waveform? I think you can. Mm, well this is again comes to the heart of uh, um the whole iMovie Pro kind of mindset and thinking is that uh, anyone who's ever started anything in iMovie or you know in um uh, any sort of lesser app quickly runs up against the sort of issues with the ability to con- control and, and split out audio and change it and deal with it properly. Um, again, this is... Um, I haven't deeply researched this enough, but... No, no, uh, I mean, the
1: audio editing it's, it's is much is more definitely there is an than issue. explicit
2: than explicit, yeah. Okay, and I'm yet to... Out what but I really is.
1: actually I would say to me that's not the one I'd have gone to next. The one I'd have gone to which I've been waiting for you to drop is the file management because that's the one that I think yep, that and losing list. Okay. Is this going. list long? i got more. Uh, no, there's, go. only, there's only another... No there's only,
2: no, there's only two or three major ones, really. So can, we this discuss, is, so yeah. can
1: we discuss the file management? Because I think that's yeah. a huge problem. Sure. I mean... There, there, is
2: some, there is some workarounds or there is um, some fixes, and it, goes, it it's more relating to you need to think different about it, which is okay. Um, but yes, it, it's... Because uh,
1: under the hood, it's, it's producing unique IDs... For, for the uh data yeah and it wants to know where the data is yeah and it doesn't have the kind of file i mean we used to all you know bitch and moan about um the file management and yeah, the ability to absolutely but actually it was
2: a lot better than reconnecting files and when you move stuff around from multiple mm-hmm. drives and yeah absolutely and the whole sort of pain of reconnecting media
1: yeah, and, and this is, I think, at the crux of the problem is that in the same way that it's designed to be a laptop editor, it's designed for an individual to edit, not for a collaborative workflow. And um, and that is that is no more evident than in how it's handling the file management stuff, which is really, to me, just astonishingly weird. Yeah. It's so, uh, we want you to have the data where you're editing and we want you to sort of... Now, you can control that to a certain extent because... You know, there are some... Um, there's a file, for example, like an import dialog box that says copy files to final cut folder. If you right. turn it off, it leaves the dial- stuff where it is. But yep. we have a very strict structure here for at FXPHD for... Mm having our media and how it's sorted and how it's arranged. And this is much more like, hey, you want to go grab some stuff from your Aperture library? Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, I don't actually want no, to do that. I, don't. I want to have it yeah. from in the place. I have it on another I server. Have a, yeah, and I have a folder called source and I have the renders and I have the, you know, it's all kind of managed much more explicitly so I know what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, and that's what's crippling anyone that wants to do a multi-facility, and that's why I say the broadcasters, a multi-facility, um, person collaborative sort of uh, edit where you would pass stuff down the line and you would reopen edits and and adjust them and add graphics into them and spin stuff out to effects and spin stuff back and stuff this is designed to make quick times yourself on your laptop really fast yeah again um, it's not
2: there's not a collaborative environment yeah uh, yeah, which is fine, but you know, even people who work you know, in their own one office are going to have, you know, stuff on say, you know, an external stuff or a raid or a drobo or they're going to want to have, you know, files, you no, know, as you know, it's particularly with all the stuff you can you can you can create a ton of data really you know really, really quite quickly, and you know you don't want it and fill up your whole and there are arguments for speed's sake to not have everything all on the one drive and want to be able to easily manage it without having to do fifty you know mouse clicks where it used to be too you know or you it would you set it and it would stay set um so uh, it's not just yeah it's 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 kludgy in terms of where your um, your scratch drives are and also Klugey into where it, where it wants to save stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that stuff that can be, I'm sure will be, if anything can be fixed, that's probably easier stuff to fix than, than any of the stuff. Um, um, you cannot open, at the moment, even if you're wanting to sort of try and, you know, work from one project to another or start to, you know, migrate, you cannot once you know, Final Cut Pro X is not an upgrade. That's that's the price of the app, right? Yet for some reason, it will not let you open. FCP7 and FCPX at the same time, FCP10 at the same time. Um I so you
1: recommend they're not even having it on the same hard drive.
2: Yeah, that's right. In fact, I think unless you do a couple of workarounds, you can actually when you download the FCPX, you can actually lose uh, the original Final Cut Pro. Can, I haven't heard that actually, remember. but that's okay. Um so there's a few sort of uh, definitely on I think there's a few white papers from Apple about how best to go about downloading and installing fcpx before you do it so you know um, there's definitely some prep or some file arrangements to be able to download one without losing the other and or be able to run both but you certainly at this stage if you got both on your machine you cannot have both open at the same time which astounds me it's like you know it's not like it's not like you're trying to open it on two separate machines and it's like that protection error and you're not trying to operate uh, you know, I'm sure. Even if you if you have two versions, I can open up um, CS2 and CS5.5, whatever on my machine it doesn't have a whinge about it. That's a very odd workaround. Again, that's something that they can fix, and I think they should. Particularly, if people are going to migrate from one to the other. They might want to sort of remember how they did it in the old days and then learn how they did it and do it in a new way. I don't know. It just it's very odd, and maybe it's a software thing, and, and maybe there's just some an issue with you know the the with, with, with the way they interact. I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so, look, my yeah. my bottom uh, line is I, I do... There's a few
2: other things, but, but you know, again, it's all it's all yeah. in the same rant. So, so I
1: think there are some things that are really surprising. I think there are some things that just are expectation management. Um, I definitely think it's been mishandled as a launch. Yeah. But can I ask you this? So, you have Final Cut. It's running. Yeah. Too, and... You have the possibility of switching over to this, which obviously sounds like you don't want to do. Fair enough. Well, no, you, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm but happy to. I'm, I'm but seeing here's it as a question. sign. Are you going to, on the basis of this, stop using your working copy of FCP 7 and learn something else, in which case what? Or are you going to just sit using FCP 7, not touching the new one, and wait until it's been fixed up or make a decision to switch later? For me
2: it's sort of time's up I've waited too long I've spent too long with slow renders And transcoding and all that sort of stuff And I was hoping this might be The the key So where are you going to go? Uh, Well the other thing is that I really felt that um, uh, What this signals Is a real change in the mindset And the way Apple treats These kinds of apps And how they perceive users of Final Cut So I think um although obviously that'll probably change with updates but it signals such a huge shift in the way and whoever you know the way that the way these apps are designed and i'm all for reinventing the entire you know the way we edit that's fantastic but don't you know you know don't completely change the road rules it's great let's you know let's have a more modern car let's all have electric vehicles but you know still can we still drive on the left or the right? Sorry, depending on your country, can we still drive on the same side of the road? And you know, can North still be in the same position? You know, that's fine. I just think um, it just signals such a change in mindset that you know I'm, I I can't see anything happening quickly enough. I'm I've I've waited long enough, and they're not getting any more of my money. So where this are you going? Well. I've already got uh, Premiere Pro, and I'm exploring it. As I say, I'm going to be looking at it while I, obviously, I'm still doing all the major project. You know, all the projects now are going to be able to still be able to continue to open up my old stuff and work in Final Cut uh, Seven, um, mm, Premiere Pro, and also Avid. Uh, I've all often I do so much collaboration with avid editors, and I've always sort of felt like a little bit of a sort of third class citizen running Final Cut Pro. The avid guys always look down the nose at uh, Final Cut, <laughs> uh, rightly or wrongly. Um, so I kind of I'm I I guess I'm keen to keen for i'm keen to try avid and i'm also keen hopefully to see what they've got in the next you know version six or whatever we're going to call the next next version uh, i'd love for avid to look and feel a little bit more modern and get with the times and be a little bit more um i suppose to be a little bit more and i am speaking completely out of my ass i have very little you know, apart from watching it across the desk, um, Avid is a bit more geared towards offline editing and not full on online. Obviously, they have versions of the software, but it's you know has that mindset of that this is, you know, not not a full finishing software. You know, it's uh, okay. I'm going to stop now because there's a thousand people just saying what the fuck are you talking about.
1: Um, I mean, I think
2: that I, I'd like, like to see get a bit nicer and a bit, options. And yeah. I
1: think Premiere dovetails really well with After Effects and those sorts of things. Yep, and quite frankly, with Red Workflow, um, yep. Avid is also a really valid option, and let's face it, the sort of default yep. feature kind of way to go. Yeah. Um, so
2: I'm going to try both. I'm I'm keen to see what Avid's going to do next. I'd love to see it have a bit of a fresher, cleaner um, look. I know that's completely facile and completely. I I'd, I'd just love it to look a little less like a 1980s Windows NT kind of app, which it does. I would want it to feel a bit sort of you know a bit more of a a newer sort of. Has I- some really interface. nice features in it yeah i i look uh, again um i haven't delved into it enough to to speak properly, so excuse me for being foolish yet. i think um yeah i'm gonna try both um uh, i'm i guess probably leaning a bit more to premiere pro but because as i say i collaborate so much with with avid editors and half the reason i have a whinge about the whole OMF um, you know the whole import export open way of working is that uh, i do that so i think it's probably it's probably avid with a hope that the next version will be um you know the the, the uh, you know a bit more of a, a facelift perhaps
1: yeah. Well. So.
2: Anyway. Yeah. That's that's my
1: take on it, it's. It's clearly it's broken your heart and. Um... Well, you know, I say I should have seen it coming.
2: You know, should have seen it coming. But oh, I, I'm a little bit annoyed at Apple that they kind of pulled the wool over everyone's eyes a little bit and only chose to reveal what they wanted to reveal only did the sort of steve note of doing the ooh and r ah points of wow this stuff is really cool and all the funky stuff but never really revealed what was coming and made us all you know hang out for in classic apple way hang out for the new next wonderful thing from them uh, not knowing that for a lot of pros that the car crash was coming and all those people could have already been moved and adopted and moved on and and save themselves an awful lot of time and waiting and hassle, waiting for something that clearly was never going to suit um, some people's needs. Mm. So Do that's you expect where the-
1: something vastly different from a software coming from a hardware company? I mean, this is basically the, this is the software that comes from a hardware company that's cheap and cheery. Mm. I mean, normally, in the, real, in the normal world that I'm used to, the high-end professional software comes from a specialist company devoted to that, which yep. would then maybe run on an Apple, but... Yeah wouldn't be made by apple i mean i've certainly are you you you're you're on lightroom yeah yeah because i moved from aperture to lightroom yeah for the same reason right which is i felt like aperture was quickly becoming iPhoto pro yeah and so i happily moved to adobe because i like adobe and i have no bad blood with apple on that score Mm. um i think that uh you know i just got into uh, uh, aperture the second it came out which was a couple of seconds, I think, before yeah, Lightroom, and then absolutely. I was sort of stuck
2: with it. Yeah, no, look, I, I have um, Aperture to thank for the fact that I'm very happy in, in Lightroom now, and I've done it, And but... You I know, think it'd be nice but, to but, be but at but Apple you... when
1: the gift basket arrives from Adobe. <laughs> absolutely.
2: Absolutely. That would be hysterical. I think they should do it. This is the best piece of marketing um, Avid never created. Um, I think... but But Aperture, the Aperture that made me and you, I guess, move to Lightroom was never this hobbled, was never this radically changed. It never really was iPhoto Pro. It never, as like I said, with the raw yeah, analogy, I would, I would they never totally got rid expect, of raw, that, they never got rid of, you know, the ability to export a TIFF true. or whatever, did they? You know, that this is... But
1: if there was a new re, in, reimagining of uh, aperture about to come out, this is what I would expect it would be yeah, be, I'm, yeah. I'm i'm sure, sure it's completely
2: i'm sure you're you you completely profit the truth and that that absolutely the next version of every sort of mac pro app theoretically is going to hope this way i must say though motion is i'm pretty happy with motion i've downloaded motion and that's really i'm quite happy with that and particularly for 50 bucks i think it's great you know the bits and pieces by themselves are good but if you add them all up that's the other thing pricing wise you think wow great it's 2.99 the little sparkly keynote thing comes up bing 2.99 brilliant but we've always only paid that pretty much for a whole suite as an upgrade. And now if you add that and you add compressor and you add all the extra bits and pieces and then add stuff like automatic duct that they want you to be able to buy for like whatever, 500 bucks, it's completely out of the water that the pricing, the pricing fairy dust is uh, completely full.
1: So, so if you were to play the rumor slash conspiracy theory, this is what happened. And I'm saying this, not saying that this is fact, just saying that this is the theory that I've heard, uh, bumping around, uh, Apple says, we don't really want to make these kind of heavy-duty pro apps anymore. We think that that should be done by third-party companies like it is for other mm-hmm. computer companies. We'll sell Final Cut. Wait, no one wants to buy Final Cut. Bugger. Well, now we're left with it. What are we going to do? Are we Are going to end-of-life it? Well, end of life at life if we come. could make it sort of more applicable yeah. to more people, we could keep developing it. Yeah, all right. Well, what do most people want? Well, most people want to finish a video up of uh, you know their corporate presentation. All right, yeah. well, let's make that then. All right. Well, what are we going to call it? Well, we may as well call it Final Cut because that's got some brand credence in the marketplace. No, mm. all right. I think, though, mm. part mm. of our hostility or your hostility <laughs> so, is because it's Apple. And normally, Apple makes really good decisions like this. But it's not unprecedented for Apple to say, I'm going to go and go on a completely different tangent to you. And not yeah. only that, I'm going to have no backward compatibility to speak of yeah,
2: well, with, you've had that in the VFX side of things, haven't you?
1: With um, yeah. I mean, they just stopped Shake. Now, would it be better yeah. if they made Shake X and it was a compositor for the rest of us? I mean, I don't know. Would it? Would I have been? I'd have been mortified if they'd done it at the time, but maybe yeah. it'd be still going now, and yeah. people'd be happily using it for doing stuff.
2: But it is still a, 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 a backbone of the industry, is it not? And they're still,
1: you know, despite it they have not being made anymore, uh, not no? really. I mean, it's no? Nuke now. Yeah. Okay. For that, for that kind of market. Look, look, I just think I agree with you. I guess I'm not that upset because I didn't, I wasn't holding my breath after an AB. In fact, I was kind of pessimistic. I think I was pessimistic. I'd like to go back and listen to the podcast I did in the car and came back across the desert. But I don't think I was. FCP is. Oh my god, I can't. You know, I can't wait. Um, Because whenever they radically change the UI like that much, it always comes at a price. I mean, that does. I'm just saying. I'm not saying you know just but whenever apple radically designs a ui it tends to end of life something else right right but you know i if i was if my life career slash job was daily just FCPing editing i'd be furious (laughs) yeah don't get me wrong like if i was in a broadcast environment and we just invested a lot of stuff on this i'd be furious um but the thing is, the hardware should still all be valid. It's just you know, it's just not the direction to go forward with the software. I think. Yeah. No. Look, but you know, you know, if this is the express and the full pro version comes out in six months, then we'll revisit it. Yeah. No. Look, I'm not.
2: Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not really angry. It's just fun. You're a, bit a dramatic angry, effect. I'm disappointed. You're b- And I'm yesterday. disappointed in myself that I waited this long and I should have seen it coming. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, it's. Uh, it is what it is and yeah it's it's just you know it's a sign
1: yes. Moving on. Okay. yeah okay so uh <laughs> so getting back to uh cameras per se um yes. <laughs> So uh, one of the things that we've got coming into the office in the next uh, hour, I believe, about an hour, is um, an F three with the log C curves.
2: Yeah, which we've uh, been looking forward to, particularly since we, you know, obviously saw the tests uh, on the early release of that um, update in, in AB, which looked like it was, uh, you know, substantially, you know, looked like it was worth worth doing. Now, I've uh, got an interview teed up with someone who has uh, recently done a whole uh, TV series this way and um, actually ended up sort of just going back to the old way. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously for, for us to do real-world testing with it and also to, uh, to hear from someone who's done, done, done both sides and had the opportunity to, 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 to test both ways.
1: I've got to say, I think the F3 is a winner of a camera. Yeah. And the log option, while I think maybe a little expensive compared to the rest of the camera, um, I think is phenomenal. So have they announced an actual price for that update? I think so, yeah. Because while it's not released here, it's released in the US now. Right. Um, Now, I don't think it's as good as... Uh, you know, Tyler was involved in that test in Vegas right after yeah. NAB, an and they were like, it's an epic killer. Well, I don't subscribe to that theory at all. No, no, not at all. But it's, I will uh, subscribe it's to the theory. 35 killer, maybe, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, based on the tests that we've seen, based on um, the footage that I've seen shot that way, I think it's winner. But I'll give you my complete verdict once we've had a chance to uh, shoot with it ourselves. But yeah. I've got to say, like, a log curve makes a lot of sense. Uh, this camera makes a lot of sense. Um, and maybe an F3 Mark II with a sort of more... Yeah. A robust
2: little bit more mature. Build. Yeah. But, you know, there's also argument that maybe they don't, you know, that maybe there will be an F35 Mark II, you know. Or is that the F65? I don't know. Is I mean, The F65 F- F35 is dead know, and F65 is… The only thing I'd
1: say is the, the F65 is going the opposite direction I want to go. Like right now, I want, to, I want small cameras. I yeah, want sure. uh, good glass, small cameras, small packages, yeah. very mobile. Yeah. Um, they recognise that. Even
2: Sony, obviously, everyone who's making larger cameras, Alexa, etc., everyone's has a, has a method to be able to make this camera, or at least the front half, you know, the um, the, the pointy end of the camera smaller and uh, split the body in half. But it's not. Um, but I think that's know, the that, really that is not that solution. is not that that is not the solution, of course. Yeah, I
1: don't think so. Yeah, no. um But there's been some interesting tests published, Jace, on the net, haven't there? Not? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, a couple of things, particularly relating maybe to not so F three but FS one hundred, which uh, again we're um, we're awaiting our a uh, demo to play with at this stage because the uh, it was a little bit hard to get our hands on the uh, pre production units, but uh, luckily the the actual production production units are out very shortly. Um, Andy Shipsides from the excellent Abel Cine has done a really good video on setting up your FS100 and just looking at all the sort of, uh, looking at the curves, looking at the sort of cine, um, the cine styles I guess they call it and the um uh, getting the right dynamic range out of the camera, and so and what's interesting is, is to take it takes you through uh, step by step with the uh, you know the the uh, dynamic range charts and scopes. It's a bit geeky, but it's quite interesting to see how the curves and the knee settings and all that sort of stuff interact and uh basically how you get and it's not doesn't actually apply to Fs100 it's good just just interesting info just to see how that, all those settings and sliders work and interact with each other and give you the best and it's an interesting interesting discussion on sort of dynamic range and um, how those charts work and and, and obviously we're not suddenly going to get three stops more out of this thing um, but it does show that the camera itself I think is capable of about 11 and a half stops on the charts which is which is impressive the camera itself now having a little bit more they found to have a little bit more dynamic range than the original pre-production versions which we also found with with the uh i think people have found with the f3 as well so yeah that's good links to that in the show notes uh the other one is actually an australian uh, dp john brawley in melbourne who when i finished shooting uh our my f3 tests were um in sydney the pre-production camera went down to melbourne and they shot uh, i guess that's that's the beginning of the year That late last year i can't remember now uh shot um some more real world comparisons uh between a whole bunch of uh, similar to i guess to the to the uh zacuto single chip tests uh comparing 35 mil 16 mil alexa red mx red one mx uh 1d uh, and the f3 obviously and um putting them all together in a sort of nice real world tests of uh, natural light um, of just people in 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 unlit situations, wandering around little shopping malls and the back streets, the lovely back streets of Melbourne. And so it's just a nice sort of side-by-side comparison. Admittedly, obviously, it is all on, on Vimeo, but uh, still, you know, you can get a good idea of, the, of of where these all sit in terms of, you know, i say it's not scientific. It's just a very nice sort of comparison of where stuff blows out, looking at the, you know, the depth of field, differences between, you know, Super 16 and 35, and um, uh, seeing, you know, dynamic range in real world of, of MX versus, you know, an EO, an, a 1D. So uh, um, obviously a lot of people are involved in those tests, but uh, again links to that in the show notes. But it's worth 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 looking at. Uh, I guess you can probably just look for available light shoot uh, the results. Uh, you can look for that on Vimeo as well and get the same get the same link. But uh, yeah, that's the Arton 35-3, Aria Alexa, Red MX 1D F3, and um, Super 16 on an Arton xtr prod so yeah thanks for posting that john and uh, thanks for going to the links you do as we've said in the past tests are hard camera tests are a pain and they involve a lot of work and uh, a lot of post post work to get them all together so yes it doesn't go unappreciated thank you
1: So now uh, we don't have a major Red Room interview, but I have a a quick chat with Jason Diamond, who's in the Red booth, if not the Red studio. Um, Jason is a DOP, a producer and a uh, filmmaker in New York. He's a friend of ours. He's been on the show before. I wanted to catch up with Jason, who's got his new epic. We wanted to chat about a few things, and I spoke to him earlier on uh, on the phone, actually,
0: to New York. You're entering the Red Room.
1: And I'm joined actually on the line now by Jason Diamond. How are you, sir? Howdy, sir. Now, I'm getting you on a phone line, so I apologize for the uh, thing, but Jason, the last while has been uh, only available on phone lines. I can't discuss why, but it's terribly interesting. But um, Jason, you've now had your Epic for a while. I wanted to touch base with a couple of users that have actually been getting them and get their experiences, and also, I think, perception of them in the market, so I guess my thing is, how have you found the Epic, and has it been living up to your expectations?
0: Uh, it has far exceeded my expectations. It is... It, not not to say that's because I own one. It is a modern uh, Marvel masterpiece of machinery and technology. Uh, the fact that it's 5K at 120 frames or 2K at 300 now with the new firmware... Um, at its form factor ease of use with the touchscreen, the red mode is now completely functional in terms of I had I had a shoot uh, for music video my brother and I were directing, and we had a 15-foot jib arm with an airy motion head on the end, and I could control the head. I could control the camera wirelessly without having to bring the jib down uh, from all aspects of the camera. I mean, uh we could not be happier with
1: the camera. I'm glad you're using the remote. I haven't really used it much for more than button on, button off. Now you've got the newer UI on that. The what yep. I call the grid UI. Yeah, because I think the first one was like a lot harder to use. Um, so Tommy didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. So Tommy, what what kind of work are you doing? And uh, well, basically start with that, and then I want to go on to um, how it's perceived by your clients. Um, we are.
0: Uh, my brother and I, as directors um, and editors and and visual effects at times um, have done a variety of things we did a we did a spot for sony for e three which is like the n a b of video games yep. you know convention um, for their new controller and uh, a, one of their new launch games for it um, shot on on Epic, another a la Spider-Man, another Sony project shot on Epic. Uh, we've done three music videos uh, with it. One, the one we're in the middle of right now, shooting anamorphic. Um, and we've, uh, we also obviously service cameras to the community as, as a, uh, with rentals. And it's gone out to on uh, a number of jobs uh, it Was went to Vegas uh, for Spike TV to shoot um, all the UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship one of their matches in uh, or or events in Vegas. Um, it's, it's been on... It, I think it's been on the gamut, you know. I was of,
1: talking to... I was talking, I was talking to Michael at Light Iron at Cinegear and he brought up something which I think is one of the reasons I want to talk to you, which is uh, if you understand the post of Red, you understand how to shoot Red better and I think absolutely. you guys are the shining light of that. You really understand how to get the thing working well in post. And so I think that, well, I'd like your opinion. It seems to translate really well into those people that can then shoot with it well.
0: No, absolutely. Um, because, I mean, I think we have the fourth one in Manhattan. Uh, one of the, And one of those is a photo studio. So from like more of a, of a production, they were probably the third camera in Manhattan. And, there's, there's, uh, you know, uh, DPs and other people, I'm not a DP, but I understand the language and I understand how it goes from production through post and what you're going to need for delivery, for, de- based on your deliverables, what you need to do for your, for your post pipeline and what is going to best be suited in your production. And when DPs come over, I and mean, we just did a test shoot yesterday with one of Spike Lee's. Main DPs he shot How the Levy Breaks that HBO special with Spike Lee, and you know it, there, was, there was a there was a, a little up and down as we were setting up the meeting about about you know he's really interested in the Alexa and he's really interested in, in Epic and then he comes over and I'm and I'm not making this an Alexa Epic argument, but coming over and and I'm able to convey to him what he needs to hear, um, based on his questions um, and how it's going to work for him in a production environment and how it's gonna flow through through post. Um we we just um I provided cameras for a music video on Monday that uh I also D I T because the D P and the production had not shot on an epic uh yet and and they actually were even a little lower on their Red One experience as well. So and being able to be on set and answering their questions, talking to the director about uh, we're we're also handling their post, but talking to the director about how he norm his workflow is normally and how it's going to need to be with the epic and making him able to understand that uh, effectively help them shoot better so that their end result can be better because they're more prepared for post.
1: What what is your post? Um you know, preferred tool set, like if you, let's say you've got a music video coming up and it's a, you know, sensible budget and it's all great, uh, what would be the sort of tools of choice that you would be deploying when you came off
0: set? Um, I mean, off you know, using R3D Data Manager on set to, to you know, make sure our, our data sets are are clean and do properly. Then we we put our, we have a, a mobile rocket and we put our, uh, which also we have you know we can put it in the computer or, or move it on set as needed, you know transcode to we in our case our in house productions uh, we're an avid house, so we make d n x thirty six out of everything uh fit width see, see our whole frame and then and then do our cut in our offline rough you know our visual effects for timings and and then we we pass everything back through scratch um uh, because that's the tool we have in house, uh, alongside Catabatic uh, Digital, and we put everything through scratch and and do our final grade and and plates and what we need if we have visual effects shots that need to be uh, finished after the the grade is locked, and then we we either finish in directly in Avid in Pended, or we go to Smoke sometimes if we need to as well.
1: So. Your um your workflow, I guess, is pretty much uh, going to influence your thinking on this next question, which is: Do you find HDRX now you've got the camera to be something that makes the epic for you, or is it just like a bonus that you've occasionally used?
0: I think HDRX is a it's the cherry on top of the uh, of the cake. I mean, it's it, we have not in our productions have not had the need to dive into it, which both speaks. To at times the amount of control we have over our set in terms of lighting or exposure, but also the latitude that you can already get out of the camera outside of HDRA. So um, I, it, it hasn't been something we need to lean on uh, right now. So I would say I would say it doesn't. It, when I need it, it's just going to make the camera that much better, but it's already, it's already, you know, it's already a nice cake, you know. It doesn't even need the cherry.
1: Now, you mentioned you've got the new firmware. I was just discussing this earlier um, with Jason. I love and have done some really already um, fun stuff with that 300 frames. How, how, how like, uh, often do you think you're going to be pushing that slow speed stuff? And if so... You know, is there a number that at which you kind of don't care anymore? Is it like a hundred frames a second? Is it two hundred or at three hundred? Are you still craving a thousand?
0: Well, it's it, you know, it's really comes down to this tool for the story because uh, the music video that I that I did on on Monday, they wanted initially to shoot on a Phantom, and of course, you know, like a majority of productions, they did not have the budget for a Phantom, so they wanted to go to the Twixter. Route, which is a totally valid route, if you understand which we then also um, <clears throat> prepared them for of uh, you know best best you know uh, uh, textures and exposures and 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 contrast and things that you need to make a nice Twixter shot um, and you know would tell them you're going to have to roto, you know you're going to have to separate your foreground and background anyway on a lot of this stuff because it's it's an optical flow nightmare at times. But they wanted 700 frames. That was their. They had done some tests with some other uh, slow mo footage and determined that that was the frame rate they were comfortable with. So that half of that music video was shot at 300 frames a second. Right. Um, so so knowing that it can do that, and, and knowing knowing how you know you're going down to 12 to one compression, so you really got to pump a lot of light into that, which you normally have to do for high speed anyway, but. As your compression goes up, you want to make sure you're fighting any any compression artifacts or anything like that, which we haven't really seen that many of. But you know they're going to show up at some point in some scenario. It's not, you know, it's not a perfect uh, situation. So personally, actually, we go we vacillate between the 96 and the 120 and 5K uh, because we're just using it for like in a music video. You know, we shot the band performance at 24, but you know what? I, I want some handheld of the band and especially the drums at, at well, in anamorphic, you can only do 96, or so 96 of a nice, slow cymbal hit and just a couple good action moments, but you're not going to linger on it too long. It's just going to be for, you know, a nice edit effect.
1: So let's say you're buying another camera from Red. Uh, are you hankering for a Scarlet, or would just be, I want to be another Epic? Uh,
0: I'm definitely going to buy at least one more Epic, um, but I think the Scarlets are going to, are going to be are going to be great. I mean, I'm going we're going to Toronto next week to shoot um some interviews for a for a DVD um that we're doing for like a documentary for a band like a 45-minute documentary retrospective on their career and honestly, we were initially going to be like, well, let's just we'll, when we're up there we'll just rent like an F3. It's just an interview, it's fine. We don't need to go crazy. And I don't want to drag my gear with me. But then we were like, well, wait. But the epic is so small. Let's just bring it. And it's you know we got a set of super speeds from somebody nice and cheap. Bring some super speeds and a little, really super light carbon fiber sticks and head and and like I know you, how you've traveled. You know the the epic case that Red sends you is completely a carry on. Yeah. So so there's no reason to like. And is super speeds the, Starling, the
1: class that you've been going to? at the moment? Is that, you sort of preferred, or is it just, depends on the job?
0: I, I like super speeds with, uh, I was talking to Mark Toya about this, uh, that I, we both, and I won't, I won't speak for him specifically, but I, I like the way that a nice, sharp set of Mark III super speed look on the Epic. The Epic is so, there's so much detail and resolution, especially with the oversampling you're going to get for almost every project delivering a 1080 it just adds like a really nice cream to the to the uh, to the image. I'm not saying master primes are bad. I mean, you know, of course master primes are great, but they're they're all look. Up. I mean, super sharp, super clean. Yeah, you know. So, I and mean, that's sort of where we're going right now.
1: Cool. Well, look. Thanks for talking to us. I'm looking forward to uh, hooking up with you when I see you next. I don't know if you're going to make it up to uh, Canada for uh, SIGGRAPH. I was hoping to make it to New York, but I don't think I'm going to be able to right now. But uh, it's been great talking to you, man. Thanks.
2: Thanks, Jace. Thanks for that. Thanks for chatting. And congrats, mate. I know you're going to kick ass with the machine. That's awesome. So I can't I... think of another more. Well, I
1: can. <laughs> <laughs> more more deserving person. I think we missed last week's Twitter shout-out, so I wanted we, to we did do a Twitter shout-out. Um, as you know, we've had a lot of success with the film Bear, uh, which got into Cannes. It's played in Sydney. Um, it's been uh, enormously well success, uh, accepted. If you wanted to follow the guys, um, which is basically the crew of Blue Tongue Films, of which Nash Edgerton is uh, the director that directed Bear and obviously a friend of ours and also... Um, a bunch of other guys like Luke Doolan and stuff they, this is a sort of a production company of like minded directors and cool dudes it's Blue Tongue Films all one word Blue Tongue Films and um, uh, they're uh, just a good Twitter group to follow not yeah. particularly digitally biased I'm just going to give you a heads up on that this is obviously less RC than, uh, than some we've given you because yeah. um, but they are really good filmmakers yeah good filmmakers and, um, nice guys and good guys
2: and they're out there doing stuff Rather than sitting in a room and pixel peeping,
1: no, they are more than anyone I've ever known. Get off their ass and, and do stuff, kind of guys. Yeah. Um, now what I'm
2: going to try and do every uh, every app now I think is um, as well as a Twitter shout out, do a uh, um, do a blog shout out. I think because you know that's one of the things you do. And that's well, obviously we get a lot of uh, ideas for for stories rather than just completely rehashing. Um, stuff we read but we do uh, get a lot of you know we get a lot of um, thoughts and ideas from blogs well I just love uh, petapixel.com p-a-t-a-p-i-x-e-l petapixel.com I don't know where these guys get their stuff from but they do not what they don't do is just dropship just feed off other people's links you know they don't just like re-link links so somehow i seem to stuff see stuff on this blog which i never see anywhere else uh some very clever and very interesting and left-field thinking about where they get their stuff so yeah i, I it's one of my favorites petapixel.com um great great story here about a disposable camera that captures its own trip across the united states uh, a web designer who put a uh, a disposable camera on a on a on a box or a card, and then shipped around round around, around uh, the states, and asking people to take part in documenting documenting this mail's trip from uh, from its destination from its uh, starting point. So take a photo and pass it on, and <laughs> yeah, love it. So anyway, that that's one of my picks, and as I say, and also Blue Tongue Films. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Here ends. Here endeth the lesson. I shall step off my soapbox and walk off into the darkness.
1: (laughs) Mike, you're walking off into the darkness. You're heading off off overseas. Walking into the light. Oops, should I be doing that? Um, (laughs) Going to Europe. Away, Where come away uh, from the light, Carol? I'm not allowed to take a laptop, but I am allowed to take a 5D Mark II and a whole stack of CF cards. So yeah, excellent. Lensing nice. up. So you won't be f- up. You won't be flickering. Then you won't be um, oh, uploading not until I get back. To, no. But when I get back, I'll have even... the most amazing photos of the inside of chateaus and pubs. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, look forward to it. And obviously, we'll, we'll, no doubt, we'll talk somehow along the way. Thanks, man. And thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, you can uh, you know, follow Jason and I on the Twitters. Obviously, uh, my friend Mr. Wingrove is yep. slash Wingrove. Wingrove, be kind. And I'm slash Mike <laughs> Seymour. No spaces. Okay. And uh, uh, thanks to the guys who put the show together and for you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. See, See you, guys. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at rcatfxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide, LLC.